Down Syndrome Queensland are the peak body for intellectual disability in Queensland. We drive change, support inclusion and are on a quest for equality so that people with intellectual disabilities can take their rightful place as valuable members of the community. Down Syndrome Queensland also provides practical and emotional support, comfort and opportunities to people with intellectual disability, their families and support networks, particularly in regional areas. Across Queensland, we have wonderful groups of volunteers who put their communities first and strive to support families living with Down Syndrome and intellectual disability. To find out more about how you can help to volunteer or to support the work of Down Syndrome Queensland, go to downsyndrome.org.au forward slash QLD. Now, on with today's podcast. We acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the band we are on today. We acknowledge and pay respect to all elders, past, present and emerging. The Now in the Future podcast is an exciting way of sharing members' stories of opportunities, challenges and provide support and expert advice for Down Syndrome community. Down Syndrome Queensland's vision is to support, advocate for empower people with Down Syndrome to take their rightful places as valuable and contributing members of their community both now into the future. Hi and welcome to today's episode of the Now in the Future podcast. Today's podcast centres around housing options for a person with intellectual disability. It will help you learn more about housing options for a person with intellectual disability and supports available. In this podcast, we're going to focus on three main parts. The first is making housing decisions. The second is mainstream housing options. And the third is how the NDIS can support you in meeting your housing goals. We hope that by the end of this podcast, you can have a greater understanding of the housing options available for people with intellectual disability, an increased knowledge of what funding is available through the NDIS to support independent housing options, and awareness on how you can support the person with intellectual disability to be more involved in making decisions regarding housing. This podcast is an audio version of a workshop developed with funding from the Australian Government Information, Linkages and Capacity Building Program. If you wanted to find out more information about housing or wanted to access the workbook that accompanies this workshop, please get in touch with us at the DSQ office by calling 07 3356 6655 or by emailing office at downsyndromeqld.org.au. Moving out is a major life change for anyone, but it's something most families tend to expect and talk about. It's important and helpful for families of people with intellectual disability to start thinking and talking about the topic early. The teenage years are a good time to start talking about the idea of living independently, but it's never too late to start. Early discussion and planning are a gradual and practical way to help the person with intellectual disability and you adjust to these changes. It will also help make the process smoother when the time comes. 
the person with intellectual disability needs to be at the heart of making decisions about how they want to live when they leave home. But it's important that they have the information and support they need to make practical decisions as well. Making choices about where the person with intellectual disability you support wants to live can be difficult. You may need help from other family members and friends or a support worker or a support coordinator or even an advocate. When thinking about housing for the person with intellectual disability, some of the things we need to talk to the person about and consider are, when is the best time to start making a change in regards to the housing for a person with intellectual disability? What is the best way to transition to independent housing? What do they like to do during the day? Where do they need to go and what transport do they use? Who would they like to live with? Would they like to live on their own or with friends or with a partner? Do they have enough money to live where they want to live? What help, support and skills do they need? If the person with intellectual disability would like to move out of home or change where they live, it's important to talk to the NDIS about this. At the NDIS meeting, the person with intellectual disability will be asked to identify goals. Make sure that searching for suitable housing is one of those goals. It's important for the goal to be specific. For example, a goal could be, I'd like to live independently on my own with the supports that I need. Funding should then be included in the plan for support to assist the person with intellectual disability to meet those goals. Another thing to consider is putting together a housing plan. Having a plan is a great way to help work out the steps required to make independent housing a reality. Think about the person with intellectual disabilities goals and what they might want now and into the future. You can also include how your NDIS supports might help the person with intellectual disability to reach their housing goals. For example, support coordination to look at housing options or allied health professionals to assess their housing and support needs. The NDIS may provide capacity building funding for participants who need support to look for appropriate housing. If the person with intellectual disability needs to move to more appropriate housing, list this as a goal at the NDIS meeting and talk about the types of supports needed to search for appropriate housing. As part of putting together a housing plan, the NDIS form Request for Home and Living Supports should be completed. The Home and Living Support Request form is for the person to fill out, or someone they may be assisting, to document and determine what supports the participant requires depending on their circumstances, strengths, barriers and ongoing requirements. The participant can utilise this form with any support for exploring housing options, such as supported independent living, individualised living options and specialist disability accommodation, as this will assist in determining which housing supports may be required. The supporting evidence form, Home and Living, is available via the NDIS website and I've popped a link in the show notes to that form. Completing this form should be done in one of the following ways. Within 100 days of the participant's plan end date for consideration during a scheduled plan reassessment with a change of details or change of situation form or with a request for a review of a decision form. 
The NDIS may provide funding for support coordination to assist in looking for appropriate housing and writing a housing plan. If the person with intellectual disability has a support coordinator, they should be able to find suitable allied health professionals to assess any housing and support needs. These assessments provide evidence to the NDIS of the personal supports, home modifications or housing design features required to support the person with intellectual disabilities independence. Allied health professionals may include psychologists, OTs, physiotherapists, ABI specialists, speech pathologists, social workers and nurses. These assessments will provide the NDIS with detailed information about the person's physical, cognitive and functional support needs. These assessments will help you, the person with an intellectual disability, the support coordinator and the NDIS to understand how the following supports might maximise the person's independence. The person with intellectual disabilities housing plan should have what their present and future goals are, what their work, hobbies and social activities are, a housing history, what their disability and support needs are, what their assessed housing needs are, a transition plan that explains the support needs they require to successfully move out, and a skill development plan to assist with becoming more independent. The Summer Foundation's My Housing Preferences tool can help start the process of putting together this plan. The tool helps the person with intellectual disability to think about where they want to live, who they'd like to live with, and the type of housing that they would like to live in. It can help the person tell their housing story and work out their housing goals. I'll put a link to this resource in the show notes. A housing support coordinator can help you and the person with intellectual disability. Finding the right support coordinator for your family is important as they will work closely with the person with intellectual disability. A housing support coordinator should be someone who knows about accessible housing, help the person with intellectual disability think about what housing and support options might suit their situation, understand the needs of the person with intellectual disability, listen and be able to explain things clearly and negotiate well with others on the person with intellectual disability's behalf. Finding a great support coordinator to help with housing is important. Support coordinators should have time to help and support the person with intellectual disability, be outcomes focused and think of where the end goal is, be a good communicator and able to break down information down to be more understandable, know about housing in the area and what options are available. Some strategies to find the right support coordinator might be to do your research on services in your area, talk to other families about any recommendations and talk to service providers in your area about whether they have support coordinators that have housing experience. There are a range of housing options for people with intellectual disability and families to consider. Each has pros and cons to weigh up before making a decision. We're going to talk about some of the mainstream housing options available now. One option is home ownership. 
This is where the person with intellectual disability has purchased their own home. The person with intellectual disability is responsible for the property and may have a mortgage to repay. If the person owns their own home, then the NDIS can assist with the cost of modifications to the home, such as grab rails, bathroom modifications and assistive technology. More information about the types of home modifications that the NDIS can fund can be found online and we've popped a link in the show notes. Home modifications are changes to the structure, layout or fittings of a participant's home so they can safely access it and move around comfortably in areas they frequently use. Another mainstream housing option is shared equity. This is when the cost of buying a house is shared, usually between the person with intellectual disability and a government or not-for-profit group. Some banks offer these loans, including Bank Australia. Another option is cooperative housing. This is when a group of people work together to maintain and manage their housing. Another option to look at is community or social housing. This is managed by a not-for-profit organisation, which may also own the property. Public housing is also an option that can be considered. This is housing that is owned and run by the government. In Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland and South Australia, you can consider supported residential services or SRS. It is supported housing for older people and people with disability and is usually a private business. Further mainstream housing options could be rooming houses where people offer a rented room for single people in a house where the kitchen, bathroom and laundry space are shared. Many rooming houses are changing so that each room has its own kitchenette and bathroom. Then of course you've got private rental, so renting a house, unit or apartment from a landlord. This could include living with others who don't have a disability. Home sharing, which is when people who are not related share a house and each person has their own private space. And another option that some families look into is a movable unit or bungalow. So movable units have everything that you need to live on your own and can be set up in a backyard of a friend or a relative. Um, different states have different regulations in regards to this. It would be a good idea to discuss the positives and negatives for each of those housing options with your person with intellectual disability to help determine what options they might like to explore further if mainstream housing is something that they would like to explore. The three areas of support through the NDIS for housing are Specialist Disability Accommodation, otherwise known as SDA, Supported Independent Living, which is otherwise known as SIL, and Individualised Living Options, otherwise known as ILO. You can visit the NDIS website for more information and we've popped a link in the show notes for you to get there quickly. First housing option that we're going to discuss is SDA. There is a link in the show notes to a video um, by Plan Partners about SDA if you wanted to watch that one. But essentially, this is where the NDIS provides funding for the physical dwelling of the home or building, so the bricks and mortar. 6% of NDIS participants may be eligible for SDA, which is based on extreme functional impairment and very high person-to-person -person support needs. 
When living in an SDA property, the person will usually still need to pay rent or other personal costs to live in the SDA. SDA also doesn't include the services or supports that they might get in the home. Extreme functional impairment means that the person with intellectual disability may have a lot of trouble doing or can't do daily tasks on their own. They might have a very hard time moving around, completing personal care tasks or looking after themselves. It also means that they might need lots of support from someone to do these things. This is on top of any assistive technology or home modifications. Very high support needs means that a person with intellectual disability needs a lot of person-to-person -person support. Friends or family members might not be able to give the person with intellectual disability this level of support informally. The next housing option available through the NDIS is supported independent living, otherwise known as SIL. Again, there is a video in the show notes that explores SIL a bit more in depth, um, so feel free to have a look at that one after you've listened to the podcast. Supported independent living is help and or supervision of daily tasks to help the person with intellectual disability live as independently as possible while building their skills. It is the paid personal supports and is most commonly used in shared living arrangements. SIL arrangements include the support workers and the skill and capacity builders that clients may need to live in a shared setting. SIL can help build these skills too, so the person can become more independent over time. Supported independent living provides assistance in shared living arrangements, is the help and supervision of tasks of daily life with a focus of developing a person's skills to live as independently as possible, and the paid personal support provided to each person in the shared arrangement in accordance with their needs. So this could include things like cooking meals or undertaking personal care tasks. SIL arrangements can suit a range of clients, including those who live with friends or people they trust, where people's needs can be complex and other options are limited, or where it is a person's own choice. SIL arrangements do not include board and lodging or other day-to-day -day usual living expenses such as food and activities or the capital costs associated with a participant's accommodation. Many clients with a SIL arrangement can also have specialist disability accommodation package which covers the cost of the physical accommodation. SIL is suited for participants who have high support needs or those who require a significant amount of help throughout the day. Supports to provide assistance with daily personal care activities, otherwise known as ADL, should generally be limited to a maximum of six hours per day. In some circumstances, the NDIA may decide to fund higher levels of personal care supports. Other supports such as assistive technology or home modifications will also be considered to reduce the level of assistance needed. The final option available through the NDIS to assist a person with an intellectual disability to live more independently is individualised living option, otherwise known as ILO. The ILO is a package of supports that enables participants to achieve their home and living goals. 
It is made up of a personalised and detailed package of primary and supplementary home and living supports that are used flexibly and combine formal and informal supports such as implemented and managed through partnerships between the participant, their family or a provider. The package includes resources for monitoring and redesign, individualised living options, provide an alternative way of supporting and funding living arrangements for people with a disability to live more inclusively. An NDIS participant can choose to share their home with family, friends, partners and housemates in different living arrangements. They can also live in the home of a host family or in their own home with a high level of individualised support. Individualised living options can be tailored to a person's needs when living independently. This can be living alone, so a person lives in their own home and chooses to live alone. Supports are provided in the home in a variety of ways, both formal and informal, such as on-call or drop-in supports, which are tailored to meet the needs of the individual. Another option is co-residency, where a person lives in their own home with one or more people who provide some form of support and companionship in exchange for free rent, subsidised rent or other forms of payment. ILO can also be considered in a host arrangement, so a person lives with a non-related family or individual in their home. Host provides support and companionship in exchange for board and lodging, reimbursement or other forms of payment or living together so a person lives in their own home with someone with or without a disability. There is no payment incentive for the person sharing the home with the person and people usually rely on formal supports, which again are on-call or drop-in supports, to supplement this arrangement. We've popped a video in the show notes to explore this concept of ILO a little bit more. Um, feel free to watch that one at the end of the podcast. We're considering ILO as an independent living model for your person with intellectual disability, the NDIS will firstly fund a period of exploration and design, which will look at the person's vision for their future home and living aspirations and will determine the full range of supports that are needed. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We hope the information we shared makes you aware of the housing options available to people with intellectual disability who want to live independently. A housing plan can be a great way of exploring housing options with your person living with intellectual disability. We have put some links in the show notes to other resources about this topic that you may find helpful, so please check those out. If you'd like to access the related workbook that accompanies this workshop, please get in touch with us at the DSQ office. Again, we can be contacted on 07 or via email on office at downsyndromeqld.org.au. At the Now in the Future podcast, we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions as a way of continuing to provide essential information for the community. If you have a question or would like any more information on any of our episodes or have any ideas for future episodes, simply send us an email to engagement at downsyndromeqld.org.au. That's engagement at downsyndromeqld.org.au. And we'll do our best to provide you with the information you require in one of our upcoming episodes. The Now in the Future podcast aims to support 
advocate for and empower people with Down syndrome both now and into the future. You have been listening to the Now and the Future podcast. For more information about this episode and many other topics related to Down syndrome, please visit the Down syndrome Queensland website at downsyndrome.org.au slash QRD. Down syndrome Queensland, supporting people with Down syndrome now and into the future.